This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you in part by Rosedale Communications, offering author-centric literary consulting, writing, and editing services to help you capture your voice, craft your message, edit your content, and publish your completed manuscript for business or ministry online at craftingyourmessage.com. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number four him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. I'm your guest host, Leah Huey, filling in for Jim Brangenberg. I'm also joined by the terrific Tammy McClafferty. Tammy, Tammy, say hello. Hello, everyone. Thanks for letting us join you today. Hooray! Check out the latest on the www.iworkforhim.com. While you're out there, please prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. So every day, we're going to take a different approach to looking at the way you and I think about our faith at work. Today, we're talking about the challenges and opportunities of being a woman in the workplace. And we have two powerhouse women offering their perspectives. Kristen McLaughlin, Chairman and CEO of Legacy Trust, and Catherine Way owner and founder of Catherine Way Collections. So before we jump into the conversation and welcome our first guest, we want to take a few minutes to talk about our own women-led nonprofits here in Jacksonville, Florida. First, I'm going to ask my stellar co-host, Tammy McClafferty, to tell us about her work. Tammy, take it away. Thank you so much, Leah. Again, thank you for letting us be here with you today and sharing Um, I am the executive director of an organization called LifeWork Leadership, the First Coast. Uh, LifeWork Leadership has been around for about 25 years, and it's located in several cities around the U.S. as well as, um, you know, internationally. We have affiliate cities in Birmingham, Cleveland, New York, South Florida, um, even as far as South Africa, we have affiliate cities and I have been blessed to help take over the First Coast uh, about a year ago. Um, so I've been in this position for about a year. LifeWork Leadership is an eight-month leadership development program. We work with business leaders and professionals here in the city, and we help teach them how to lead like Christ. Um, we look at the idea that Jesus poured into his disciples, into those 12 men, and sent them out, and that they were able to change the world So he obviously had some really good leadership skills, and we want to look at those. So we break down all of those skills. Um, We meet on a monthly basis, and we study those characteristics of Jesus, compassion, integrity, courage. Um, We bring you a little theology lesson with it. We bring you in a local case study, and we bring in a national speaker every month to address those specific topics. Um, We typically take about 40 people each year that go through this journey. And they are coached along every month by our alumni, our table coaches. And we here in Jacksonville have over 300 alumni now who have been part of LifeWork. And, you know, that's the piece of LifeWork that I think I love the most because it builds this network of um, Christian believers um, who are working together 
for his kingdom and for his purpose. And they build those relationships together. They're networking together. They're helping hire people. They're helping utilize their their fellow life workers. You know, if you need a lawyer, if you need a doctor, if you need to, you go to your life workers because you're you're you recognize that they share the same values and the same morals as you. Um, we're currently accepting applications for this upcoming year, the 2018-2019 journey. If you wanted to submit that application, you could go through our nomination process and you would begin by going on our website. And that website is www.lifeworkleadershipjacks.org. Again, we try to take about 40 participants and that class is filling up quickly. Um, If you go on that website and uh, fill out that application before July 1st, there is actually a 10% discount. So again, that is www.lifeworkleadershipjacks.org leadershipjacks.org. And that's just a little bit about life work. Uh, Leah, tell us about what you do here in Jacksonville. Thanks, Tammy. And just a little nod. I'm a life work leadership participant this year. My class's commissioning is in just a few days. And that's how Tammy and I know each other. (laughs) So Tammy, that's really exciting stuff. And I encourage anyone listening to consider taking a part in what we call the life work journey. So this is your bonus. So this is hopefully <laughs> going to get you to pass the class, right? <laughs> yeah, the final exam is coming up. So I just got some bonus points. Um, I'll apply that to the final quiz. So for those just joining, I'm Leah Huey, the Jacksonville City Director here uh, for Flourish Now. We're a faith-based nonprofit that reduces poverty through work and keeps kids safe by strengthening their families. Everything we do is through the power of the local church. We launched locally here in the fall of 2006, and right now our our activity is focused on empowering churches to host job fairs for their neighbors. And so far, we've come alongside a dozen different churches in Jacksonville to serve 1,400 job seekers. And over half of those 1,400 job seekers have become employed. So our next job fair is coming up on May 29th at the Jacksonville Housing Authority in Brentwood. So if you know anyone who's looking for work in Jacksonville, send them our way. You can find out more details at jacksonvillejobfair.org. Again, that's jacksonvillejobfair.org. And job fairs in Brentwood are some of my favorite. They're a collaboration of three local churches and three local nonprofits to serve Brentwood and the north side of our city. And last year we had almost 300 folks and 40 of them got job offers on the spot. So come join us on May 29th. It's going to be a fantastic day. And in addition to our employment ministry here in Jacksonville, we have a vision to do more, a program called Safe Families for Children. It's a foster alternative that empowers local church families to host kids in crisis. The major differences between safe families and foster care are that the parents choose it. They know it's what's best for their kids. And the goal is always reunification. We have a 96% rate of keeping kids out of the foster system at our branch in Southwest Florida. Both programs together create a perfect storm of beauty and service, as it did for Jillian, a young mom in Fort Myers who came to a job fair at that location with her son. They had been homeless and living in a car, and Jillian chose for her son, after meeting us, to go with a Safe Families host family, and then we helped her get a job. They were just reunified at Jillian's brand new apartment, which she she saved up for with the job she got through our employment ministry and a job there at that church. So we can't uh, can't wait to bring that program to Jacksonville so we can start to serve families in crisis here locally and transform families from the inside out. 
Leah, a little bit more about Flourish Now um, in the few minutes we have before we have our first speaker on the line today. Um, how long have you been here in Jacksonville with Flourish Now, and is Flourish Now in other places? Yeah, so great question. Like Tammy, I launched relatively recently here. So Flourish Now has been in Jacksonville since November of 2016 when my husband and I moved from the D.C. area down to Jacksonville to launch. Uh, Our headquarters is in Naples, Fort Myers. So if you're listening from elsewhere in Florida, check out flourish-now.org because we have activity not only here in Northeast Florida, but also Southwest Florida where we started. And then we're also in Southern California, in Texas, in Phoenix, Arizona, and a number of other locations around the country. Great question. And what has been, well, I guess it's twofold. What has been one of the greatest moments that you've had with Flourish Now in this past 18 months that you've been here, as well as been what has been one of the most difficult things that you've encountered with Flourish Now here um, in the last 18 months? Wow, great questions. So I think the best moment for me so far is that we have something at our job fair is called an opportunity bell. So when somebody receives a a job offer at one of our job fairs, we ring a bell and everyone cheers and pauses and stops to celebrate that life change. And so we introduced that at a job fair that I had here back in May of last year. And I was petrified that the bell wouldn't (laughs) ring. It was a total risk. We had never done it at any of our locations. And I I, I sat it down on a baby grand piano And the St. John's Cathedral, where they do the Clara White lunches on Fridays. And I just stared at it from across the room. And and if I could will to make it ring with my brain, I would have. Um, But thankfully, the Lord saw fit to ring it first. So he sent a job seeker over within the first 20 minutes of the job fair who'd been offered an offer on the spot. And I started to cry like a baby and realized (laughs) this is going to work. You know, we're going to be able to celebrate life change and to be able to just rejoice with people as, as their lives are transformed. Um. So I think that's that's been the best part. And I think the difficult part is just the rare person that doesn't find a match. Mm. You know, sometimes there are folks that come to the job fairs and really need something, but they're looking for something really specific. You know, they're they're from the wrong part of town for where the employers are hiring. You know, maybe the, the job fairs on the north side, but they live at the beaches. You know, and there's just nobody there from the beaches hiring that day. And so that can be um, that can be a little tough if we can't find the right match, but we do our best in one-on-one relationships, you know, to help connect them. So Tammy, what has been your shining moments so far with life work there has been so many um but it sounds like we are getting ready to go to a break so maybe we can pick that up Hold when that we come thought. back we are your guest hosts leah huey and tammy mcclafferty filling in for jim and martha thanks for listening locally or around the world tammy and i are joined by our first guest christian Mc- Kristen mclaughlin chairman and ceo of legacy trust family wealth offices Kristen, let's get started hey Kristen, how you doing well, how are you? Thanks I'm for doing, having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. We're really excited to talk with you, Kristen. So our first question for you is, when you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up and why? Um, when I was little, my sister and I thought that we would um, be organizers and that we would go into people's houses and we would organize closets and um you know, everything from their broom closet to their bedrooms to their clothes closets. And um, she would be the creative person and I would be the organizer. So we thought it'd be fun to be entrepreneurs. Are we able to hire you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Tammy's moving. She needs you. (laughs) Exactly. Some of what we do today is she's an interior designer.
entertainer and my world is organizing people's financial lives. So <laughs> so it's ended up that way, but not together. But anyway, I went to school to actually to be a dentist. Oh, so wow. that was very different. I don't think I knew that about you. Yeah, that's a secret. That's... Organizing by cuspids, not closets. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know what I loved my dentist, I think. So that's what started it. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Kristen, how did you get to your current role then? You said you had gone to school for dentistry, but somehow you landed in financial planning. I How'd that did. happen? Um yeah, a lot of a lot of trial and error. But um I did I went to school to be a dentist, um, sort of got into my first year and a half as a biology major and um with was enjoying that but then spent an, a summer interning for a dental clinic and I was watching dentists punch time clocks and I thought Oh no no! This is I was going to own my own business and um, got some counsel, counsel actually from different dentists that said, "This is where the business is going. There's it's too expensive to run your own business." So um, I switched over to economics, sort of with that counsel, and um, ended up then at a sales and marketing job for the Goodwill Games in New York City when I first graduated from college, and then fell into a business manager position at a magazine, <laughs> then moved to Florida. And um, they didn't have this sort of world of publishing that there is in New York. And so I applied for a management trainee position at SunTrust Bank. And that led me to to eventually starting my own business and um, helping people manage their financial lives. Wow, fantastic. So can you tell everybody? No, never is, never is. Um, can you tell everybody a little bit more about Legacy Trust and just what your your current business endeavors, what you do on a daily basis and, and sure. what you're passionate about? Um, so we started Legacy 16 years ago um, just because I was passionate about helping people achieve their financial goals um, but also understanding what they were doing. Most of the clients that we work with, um, they're entrepreneurs. They they have amassed this wealth, but they don't really know what to do with it. So, um, and never had it, right? Because it was always going into the business. So, a lot of what we do is helping clients sell their business, decide how much money they need to live on. Um, you know, when you sell your business, a couple million dollars sounds like a lot of money, but living off of it is a different story. So, we do a lot of counseling. Um, and we work with second generation families. We do um, everything from financial planning to um, wealth management to helping you know put parents in a memory care facility because they have early dementia or something like that. So um, anything that sort of involves um, a family's lives. And is there a website or something that our listeners can go to to learn more about Legacy Trust? Absolutely. It's Legacy Trust Company, and company is spelled C-O-M-P-A-N-Y all the way out, dot com. And um, yes, there's a bunch of information on there. Awesome. And then, Kristen, one of the things we're specifically um, trying to talk a little bit about today is specifically women in the workplace. Um, What advice would you give a younger woman as she is beginning her professional career? I think... Um, I have daughters that are beginning their professional careers and and telling them that they have to believe in themselves is probably the hardest thing to get across to to younger women today. Um, they're so culture, our culture and our society has formed them into something that maybe not what they were created to be. So I think believing in themselves, um, having good counsel around them to keep them grounded, but also to keep them growing and to keep them challenged and make sure that that they're being true to themselves. Um, I think it's really easy for us 
as we're starting out as young career women to let sort of fear determine our steps. So I think I think being confident and um, honoring how we are created makes makes the most difference in a career path. But I also think you need to understand there's no direct path. I mean, <laughs> I didn't I didn't start out I had an egg route when I was 12, and I didn't think I'd ever be a CEO of a company. An egg I, route? Oh, I had an egg route. What? Yes. What is that? Yes, um, I had a. I went to a farmer and had um, picked up eggs and delivered them in the neighborhood. It took orders and took money. Wow. And, yeah, very entrepreneurial. So that apparently is <laughs> what they amazing. do in the country. We in the city had like paper yeah. delivery, but you had egg delivery. Had, it was Michigan, you know. <laughs> what we did. That's great. That is good. And you mentioned having daughters, and so yeah. you now I'm not sure if you have sons, but if I you do. do um, wonderful. Three. So, oh, wonderful. Then you're you're very well positioned <laughs> to answer this question for us, Kristen. So, what advice do you give your sons as they're starting their careers, as they're digging their teeth in about how to treat women in the workplace and just how to either, you know, how to maximize or minimize the challenges and opportunities of a mixed gendered workplace? So, I asked my 23-year-old son, who's you know been working for about a year since he graduated, and, and I said, "So, what is? How do I answer this question?" And he said, "Mom, that's just a weird question," which I thought was good news because yeah. he said, "Women are equal. What are you talking about? Like, it doesn't matter if they're male or female. We yeah. all have a job to do." Um, so I thought that that was. I, I loved hearing that answer from mm-hmm. a millennial because mm-hmm. when I first entered the workplace, that was not that was not always the case. Um, but but I do think um, in, if you, male or female, if you're maximizing the workplace and really minimizing yourself and and whether you're a male or female, um, you just get it done and that minimizes the conflicts for sure. But I think we also have to appreciate that a lack of mixed gender in the workplace would be a disaster. Mm, sure. I, I think we need... We need a little bit of everything, and when you come at it with that attitude that I need those skill sets, whether they're from a man or a woman, I need those skill sets. And men are created differently from us, so mm-hmm. so we have to appreciate that, Not, and we have to appreciate it in ourselves also. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's great. And then just briefly in the last few minutes that we have um, here, Kristen, mm-hmm. share maybe a little bit about your faith, and then really, I mean, kind of looking at how that's impacted you specifically um, in the workplace, as a woman, in the home? Um, how did your faith, how did the church play into that? Um, I didn't really know for a while um, you know, how to bring my faith into the workplace, but as I sort of have grown in my faith and learned more, I've really, I've learned that other people's opinions don't necessarily matter. Right? I have to pay attention to what God thinks and what God's plan is. And I think the church specifically has really set me on a path that I have the confidence that God created me to be a woman. He didn't create me to be a man or created differently, and that's not good or bad, and we shouldn't compare ourselves mm-hmm. to each other, right? We have different skill sets. We're meant to be complementary, so... My husband does things very differently, <laughs> I was to say, and, and he parents differently, but he would manage, he, he manages people differently, mm-hmm. um, and it's not good or bad, it's just different. Mm-hmm. So I think not, not comparing, um, if, I use, if I understand what my gifting is and I understand what I'm supposed to be doing, 
I'm going to I'm going to lead or parent different than another woman. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that one way is right or one way one way is wrong. They're just they're just different, and my gifting is different than either of your two giftings mm-hmm. potentially, right? Right. So, so I think the church has taught me that I can have confidence in mm-hmm. that, right? There's no condemnation, right? It's the way God created me. <laughs> so, right. so maximizing that, I think, is what the what the important thing is too. That's, That's awesome. great. That's Fantastic counsel for all of us. Um, and so as our last question for you, Kristen, sometimes, you know, women can can feel like um, there's a glass ceiling, you know, in their specific company, in, in the workplace in general. So do you believe that there is a glass ceiling in the workforce for women in the U.S. and why or why not? So that's a hard question. Um, <laughs> we didn't want to make this easy for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Certainly in my entrepreneurial world, there's not, right? I mean, Whoever answers the phone, whoever answers the door, whoever meets the client, right? It doesn't matter. Um, in my corporate world, I think that there there potentially could be – some people would say that there's a glass ceiling. I think that the challenge is that we shouldn't let anybody else limit our ability. Mm-hmm. So if we let those rules define us, then there is a glass ceiling. But I think it's easy for us to – get by that and maybe we go around the ceiling we don't have to bust through it right Kristen that's awesome thank you so much for being with us today thank you we will talk to you later okay thank you all right bye-bye we are your guest hosts today we're with Tammy and Leah and we are filling in for Jim and Martha and enjoying ourselves here I must say Um, this is a first for me I've never done this so Jim Martha thanks for giving me the chance to do my first uh, radio show and this will go on my list of really cool things that I've done in my life. So thanks for that. (laughs) Um, Thanks, Jacksonville, for listening in and those of you all around the world. Um, We are talking today specifically about women in the workplace. And our next guest is Miss Catherine Way, and she is the owner and founder of Catherine Way Collections. And she is here to talk with us. Catherine, are you on the line with us? I am on the line. Can you hear me? We can. How are you doing, my friend? I'm very good. Thank you so much. Good. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. We're just going to go down some questions for you and just hear your take on all of these things. Are you ready? Sure. Sure. Let's go. You sound ready. So I'm excited to ask you the first question, Catherine. Thanks for being with us. So when you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up and why? I really wanted to be in advertising. My father worked for a company that supported uh, advertising agencies, and for the summers, I used to go visit a lot of them and uh, see what they did for a living. And I got really involved with the graphic design department and really watched how they created advertising and created packaging for products, and it intrigued me and made me really realize that, you know, you can, you know, you can package a design, you can create a, a, a product, and then execute it. So I think it really kind of helped me craft what I want to do in my in my later life. And Catherine, tell us what is your current role right now? Uh, right now, I am the owner and founder of Catherine Way Collections, which is a woman-owned, 100% made in the USA apparel fashion line. Uh, we specialize in dresses tunic tops, um, and in 2016, we rolled out a small line of golf line, uh, golf clothes. Uh, we really focus on accenting the good parts of a woman's body, but <laughs> cover up all her imperfections as well. Um, but but we are now currently in about 350 
high-end boutiques and golf clubs around the country and and several uh, uh, PGA and USGA uh, merchandising tents as well, including we'll be in the U.S. Open, the Men's U.S. Open in Shinnecock uh, next month in June. Wow, Catherine, that's amazing. And I think it's even more amazing now that I know that you wanted to do advertising and were, were fascinated by design and packaging. So that's incredible. But there were some steps in between. Um, you know, there were definitely some some steps in between, you know, your childhood and watching your dad do design and then where you are right now. So could you tell us what has the path been and how have you gotten to the seat that you're in right now? Well, great. Um well, I was very fortunate to have a, a great career prior to me even starting this. And I really, truly believe that God kind of made me go through all those steps and that career path to to be able to craft and do what I'm doing today. And um, I worked for one of the best jobs um, I ever had is I worked for Ted Turner at Turner Broadcasting. I uh, helped launch TNT on the air, um, CNN. I was on the team with CNN and uh, Headline News and then um, – uh, the Atlanta Braves, the Atlanta Hawks, as you know, uh, Ted owned both of those companies as well. So I got to watch the Atlanta Braves go from worst to first. <laughs> so my marketing career there was a lot of fun. And then moved from there to um, on several advertising agencies and then eventually went to work for uh, Great American Cookies and then uh, Honey Baked Ham before I moved to here to Jacksonville, Florida. That's wonderful, Catherine. And if somebody wants to see your inventory, wants to learn a little bit more about your company, what's a website they can visit? They can visit uh, www.catherineway.com. That's awesome. I just have to throw in, um, Catherine is a board member for us at LifeWork. And uh, when we were kind of chatting and talking, when she was at Honey Bake Ham, my daughter did her first commercial for Honey Bake Ham. So wow. we think our paths crossed back in the day. We're not yeah. sure, but it was pretty neat. So that is neat. Catherine, Isn't we're talking. It is yeah. such a small world. Um, yeah. We are talking specifically today um, and looking at women in the workplace. Um, looking back over your amazing career, what advice would you give a younger woman as she's beginning her career? You know, one of the things that um, uh, an advice that I got from a mentor of mine when I was younger was to listen and learn as much as possible. And I think that's extremely important that we don't, we need to teach our children, especially since they're so techy these days, mm-hmm. to really listen and listen and hear the nuggets of information that someone's trying to tell you and also learn. And how do you craft that into learning your day-to-day work or how you learn your, your skill set that you're working on? Because you need to learn that before you jump to another job. Mm-hmm. Um, from, from, I think that you know, I had my, uh, this mentor one time said, learn everything you possibly can before you move to the next job. And I truly believe she was so correct on that because not only did she give, I saw the good nuggets of, of information that I learned, but what not to do mm-hmm. and how how not to treat people and how to treat people. And I truly believe that that's kind of like crafted my whole career in my life of the good, the bad, and what I've learned to make me even a better um, coworker, team player, and leader to the next job. So I, you know, encourage young women, especially to go through a job. If they take a job, they need to stay at least 18 to 20 months just so they can learn what happens over the course of a year and a half to two years to ensure that they see the seasonality of what they're doing and how those changes really make a difference. 
um, you know, especially like in marketing or, or in advertising, you've got to go through two seasons before you really can see what the, the, the pulse of the, um, the consumer is doing and how it's making a change. So, and then also the last thing would be is to really help young, uh, young other, you know, young adults as they're coming up in their career, uh, because, you know, I know for a fact, I mean, as you go up the ladder, you know, you're going to come back down the ladder and those <laughs> or those kids are going to be there. So you've always got to be kind and really work and help and, and be a, you know, a good team player when you go up the ladder. That's great counsel. Wonderful counsel. And probably some, a lot of that carries over to the next question, but Catherine, on the other side, for young men, you know, they're entering a workplace in 2018 and are thinking about um, working with women, working with men, just the gender gender dynamics in the current workplace. What advice would you give to a young man for how to treat female coworkers and just to conduct himself in a in a workplace that we that we might face today? That's a a great question. There, um, I would say always be extremely respectful and courteous. Always be a gentleman. I think, truly believe that that is a lost art that needs to be incorporated in everyone's uh, everyone's um, everyone's life, but every man, young man's life. Always be a gentleman and a team player, and really respect your fellow fellow workers, no matter if it's a male or a female. But but also be honest. But I think that in this you know in this me too dynamic environment and stuff you've got to be respectful from the beginning mm-hmm. and you won't ever have to worry about getting in trouble that's right mm-hmm. it was interesting just this weekend um my middle child he is a boy um is turning 15 and so we're looking at getting a driver's permit and we were talking about it and i went to pump gas in the car just this weekend and i looked at my son and i was like you know you've never pumped gas and you're getting to that age where you know, if you're out on a date with a girl, even if she's driving, like you're supposed to pump the gas for her and you don't know right, how to do it. Right. So like I got out of the car with my son this weekend and literally was like teaching him how to put the credit card in and what numbers to punch and how do you, you know, what gas gate. I mean, just the whole thing. And he got back in the car and he's like, no, mom, why would I ever do that? And we had this great discussion about how, bud, you're a guy and that's just something you need to do. And that's what I said. I said, that's just a gentleman. You're supposed to pump the gas it's just what we're supposed to do. And I can be, you know, an executive director and all woman, but there is something about it when a man pumps gas that you're just like, that's what you're supposed to do. And, yeah. you know, teaching them that. Take notes, notes husbands out yeah. there. Right. It's a nice thing to do for your great, wife. Yeah. Right. right. I think there's some great things like that, too. I mean, there's a lost art of being a gentleman. And I truly believe in this day and time. In this fast-paced world with parents being so busy, they need to slow down and really teach their children, uh, their sons really, to be gentlemen and their women uh, and their young girls to be good women. And I just think that's extremely important. Agreed. And um, as we're finishing up our time here, um, Catherine, tell us a little bit about your faith, Um, you know, maybe the role the church has played in specifically your working, your career, your womanhood, how is your faith, how has the church played into any of that? Well, as I said earlier, I truly believe that God had a, a huge plan for me. And, he, you know, he put me in in the different environments and different companies that I worked for to really craft and 
and and improve what I learned and so that I could take it to the company that I've built today. But I truly believe that my church life kept me on the right path of being the woman today, I am today. I mean, whether it has to do with my family or how I treat others or my upbringing in church or, I, I mean, I th- truly believe it was my upbringing in church that kept me on that steady pace and and my participation in church, This that, that steady pace that, that helped me build the basics of how to treat others in the workplace and and how to get along with others. And um, my faith is extremely important to me. We 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 are a Christian company running on Christian principles, and we you know we we don't mind telling anybody that, and we love you know sharing sharing it from there. And we all. Um, we're, you know, we know that this is God's company, and we're uh, company, and we are just here to to help uh, facilitate it here on this earth. So that's our goal, and we we love doing it. Wow, that's wonderful. That's wonderful, Catherine. And um, so, my very last question for you before we head to the break is: Do you believe in in America right now, facing women, that there is a glass ceiling or a limit on what women can achieve, and why or why not? Well, I probably have a different perspective on the glass ceiling than others. I believe you can be or go as high as you want to be in the workplace as you want to be. But if you seem to run into a glass ceiling, then I think you need to change the ceiling Hmm. by changing the roles or the company that you're working for. I mean, I think you need to change that environment. I mean, you can do anything you want to. Any woman can do anything they want to. They just need to figure out how to make it work. Wonderful advice. Thank you, Catherine. It's been a pleasure to hear from you. We're going to have to you. take a break. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, so we've, uh, we've been chatting with Catherine Way about women in the workplace. Thanks again, Catherine. Fantastic. Check us out online, iworkforhim.com. I am your guest host, Tammy McClafferty, and I am here with Leah Huey from Flourish Now. And we are filling in for Jim and Martha. Um, During the break, we were just saying, you know, their tagline is the fastest hour in radio. And I leaned over to Leah and and to Steve, the gentleman helping us here, and just said, it really is the fastest hour. This has just blown by. And I'm just so thankful. Uh, You know, we just finished up chatting with Kristen McLaughlin from Legacy Trust uh, there in Ponte Vedra Beach. You can check out her website, as well as with Catherine Way from the Catherine Way Collections. You can check out her website. Um, Both of these women are dynamic women of God and uh, powerful forces here in the city, in the business world. Um, Leah, what were some of your takeaways, some of the things you got from what those ladies shared with us? Oh, man, so much. I'm absolutely going to ask each of them to have lunch with me in the next couple of months (laughs) because there are so many follow-up questions I have for them. But I think some of the things that really, really resonated were the advice that they gave not to compare Mm-hmm. I thought it was so, so powerful whenever whenever they, they talked about that. And Kristen specifically discussed the fact that God made you with a very unique identity mm-hmm. for a very unique purpose and looking to the person next to you for, for your identity, for your fulfillment, mm-hmm. isn't productive or trying to compare the purpose God has for the person sitting in the chair next to you. You know, that's not your destiny. That's not the plan he has for you. Um, and so that was huge. And we see so much in the age of social media, so much comparison, mm-hmm. so much, oh, that's not my Instagram life. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not my LinkedIn life. It doesn't matter. That's your mm-hmm. life and your identity in Christ. And he put you exactly where you are for a purpose. And that tied in so well to Catherine's life story. 
know, where she wanted to be in advertising and she got to work in broadcasting and then she got to work for Honey Baked Ham and the way that she talked about learning from absolutely every opportunity because every lily pad across the pond was somewhere that God wanted her be to be mm-hmm. so that she could learn. And now look what she's doing. And she wouldn't be doing that had she not had specifically those God-ordained moments along the way. Amazing. Tammy, Mm -hmm. what were your takeaways? Well, it's interesting. Similar to what you said, I think this has been a discussion, you know, again, you know, my husband and I have been having lately with my daughter specifically. You know, she's 16. She's in high school. Her world is social media right now. And I keep telling my husband, I think I would tell every youth pastor out there right now that every single message on Sunday to the youth should be understanding who your identity is in Christ Jesus. And that your identity isn't in how many likes you have or isn't, you know, wrapped up in how many friends you had or, you know, we pour into my daughter and that's our constant conversation Mm -hmm. is just, you know, baby doll, it's not that you didn't get invited to this party. You know, everybody's posting pictures that they went to the world's best party. And, you know, you have to understand that that doesn't make you who you are. You know, you are who you are in Christ Jesus. And, you know, you've, you see it nowadays, specifically, like you said, with social media, but it's been there forever. And I think you hear that with Kristen and Catherine and working their way up and what they've had to do. It's, it's powerful. Um, I think two of the things I wrote down as they were talking, and maybe it's the elementary teacher in me from my years ago, um, you know, they, they use the same letters. I thought it was cool. Kristen said, you know, first you have to get good counsel. And she said, you need to be grounded yet growing. Mm. And I thought that was awesome. Good counsel, stay grounded, but continue growing. And then Catherine kind of did the same thing. She, her, her little acronym was you got to listen and learn. And I thought, what powerful words and powerful tools for us as we, you know, step out in our careers and and are trying to move ahead to remember those things. Stay grounded, but continue growing. Listen, but continue and continue to learn. I thought it was great, great stuff. That is great stuff. Kristen and Catherine, you're both an inspiration to us all. Thank you so much for sharing from your hearts today. And now I want to segue a little bit to Tammy's heart so it's been my privilege to know Tammy for about a year now, and I consider her, whether whether she knows it or not, a very valued mentor in my life. And Tammy's the person that I go to with, with personal questions, with, with professional questions. And so the good counsel these ladies talked about that I have in my professional career largely comes from the lady sitting next to me. So if you could see her, she's blushing. So I, I really want Tammy to share some of herself because I think that she is just a treasure. And I'm excited for you to learn some of the things that I've learned from Tammy. And so, Tammy, you have done a dissertation on the topic of today's radio show, which makes you profoundly qualified for this particular discussion. And so can you just share a little bit with us about what you've learned? Yeah, I'm not sure I'm qualified yet because the dissertation is sitting on the desk of my AQR reviewer. So until I officially pass and get the degree, it's just still in waiting. But it is. Um, This has been something that has been on my heart for most of my life. Um, It sounds, you know, maybe a little awkward, but I love to work. I've always loved work. I've worked, you know, kind of like Kristen said, she sold eggs. I sold newspapers. So it's something I've always, always done. And maybe it's just because I always tease. I liked money. So I knew I liked money. I liked (laughs) shopping and I was going to have to work to get there. You know, my dad worked in a steel mill and so we didn't have it. So work was always a part of me. Um, And that was fine. I loved what I was doing. I was a teacher for years and I knew that was my calling. That's what God had called me to do. But then I started having kids and that's where my journey really began because I wanted to be a mom. And I knew the value of that, but I wanted to continue working. And honestly, in my Christian evangelical world, that choice of working and being a mom was not celebrated widely Mm -hmm. in that circle. It was Mm -hmm. just kind of assumed that because I was going to have kids, then I was going to stay at home and 
Um, you know, especially my husband was a doctor, so I didn't even need to work for the money. Like he had a great mm. job. We were doing well. So my choice to work was just because I wanted to and I liked it and I felt that it was my calling. And um, but then I wrestled with the guilt. And that's really where, you know, I started digging in my heels for the Lord and saying, Lord, why do I feel guilty about these choices that I'm making? Mm. Um, ultimately ended up in seminary. And my thesis for seminary was on women of the Bible, because I really felt like I have to get a grip with this for myself. I really need to understand what the Lord is calling me to do as a woman, as a mother, as, you know, as a worker, what it was. And uh, so did my first thesis on women in the Bible. And that really was probably the most eye opening experience, because as I started to really study God's word and what he says, you know, I started uncovering the Lydia's of the Bible. Mm. Um, you know, who was a seller of fine linen, the Bible yeah. says, and was wealthy enough to have the first church. And then there's the, you know, the Deborahs, and we know the Proverbs 31s. And there was the Priscilla's, who Priscilla was a CEO of a tent making company. I mean, she was an wow. amazing woman. And I felt like that wasn't being shared enough, you know, and as the only female in seminary at that time in my program, and the because I was a female, I wasn't allowed to pray in seminary. Wow. Um, this was a path that I felt like I really needed to go down and explore. And so when I finished seminary, I jumped into the doctoral program, and that's where this most recent dissertation came from. Um, you know, I realized I was having these guilts, having guilt over these roles that I were, you know, was traveling down, and um, noticed that maybe the secular world wasn't feeling that guilt. Mm-hmm. Like they were working, they were being a mom, and they were doing it fine. And I was wrestling with the guilt, and I think it was Kristen that said, you know, there's no condemnation. Amen. So I knew that guilt didn't need to be there. Um, And so what did I have different than these secular women? Really, it was my faith and it was the church. And so I kept coming back to, you know, where did this guilt come from? Because it's not biblical. We see these working women, so we know it's okay to work. So where's that guilt coming from? So that's really what led to the dissertation. So the title of my dissertation has been Working Moms and the Interventions of the Church. And so I have been studying for the last two years of my life, the evangelical church here in America and how it has affected working moms. And the statistics have just been overwhelming at best. Um, You know, it seems like the church recognizes they need to pour into the men. It seems the church recognizes they need to pour into the youth and into the children. Sure. Um, They understand even, you know, they need to, the retired people. And all of those are valuable. But statistically, it shows that the fastest growing population or demographic of people that are currently leaving the church So what group is leaving the church the fastest? It's working moms. Wow. And why are they leaving the church? Because they don't feel like there's anything there for them. Um, You know, when's the last time you heard a message on Priscilla as the CEO of a company? It just doesn't happen. And it's not intentional. Like I had to, you know, part of the research was with the pastors. And as we would go down these questions and they would hear from the women in their congregation, they would all look at me and just say, I didn't realize Um, So it has been my mission with this dissertation to really try to get out there, mostly for women, to say, hey, listen, what you're doing and the choices you're making are good choices, and you don't have to feel guilty about that. Um, So that has been where I have been at for the last couple of years. So this topic is on my heart. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. We um, are going to try to wrap this up now. And just quickly, Leah, if you want to take us out with a little bit of flourish now and what you're doing. And I just want to thank you on behalf of LifeWork Leadership for letting me be here today. And we will fade out from there. Okay. Well, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, I want to thank you for listening to I Work For Him today. 
When you get home today, please take time to go to our website, iworkforhim.com, and consider joining the I Work For Him nation. Our workplace is our mission field, and in the mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees ever meet. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your guest co-hosts, Tammy McClafferty and Leah Huey. We are Christ followers, our workplaces are our mission fields, and we'd like to thank you so much for joining us today. Tune in next time to I Work For Him.